Welcome to the Average Brentwood Teens Podcast, where we talk about our experiences as a teen and share our thoughts as a teen. You know it. Yeah. Average Brentwood Teens. In a dark room. (laughs) Well, yeah, Average Brentwood Teens in a dark room. You can't see it, but we're in a dark room. My name is Josh, and we are back with another interview. But before we get to the person we are interviewing with, right next to me is... Philip. Your boy Q. Sean. Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Izzy. Juan. Chris. And today, the person we are going to be interviewing, you probably heard a bunch of names from him. He's a professor. He's a chief. He's a doctor. He's an assistant principal. He's an astronaut. Whatever you can come up with, he is who you think he is. He is assistant principal of the Freshman Center, Dr. Chief Taylor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure being here. How do you feel right now? I am feeling on cloud nine. (laughs) So, welcome to Average Brentwood Teens. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have never been on a podcast. That's why this is ex- extremely exciting. So this is your first ever time? First time. Perfect. What do you guys think? It's pretty cool, actually. He's got like, the right voice for it. I've He's got the like, right voice? <laughs> you have, like, the announcer voice. I like that. It's nice and soothing. And I remember in the freshman center, just, like, every time you would say Happy Friday and stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, it goes perfect. Right oh, there. it was it was beautiful. I loved it. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. No, it was Happy Friday. If you've ever been to the Freshman Center on Brentwood, Long Island, you're going to hear that every Friday. It was the best thing on planet Earth. I loved it. Uh, And then other people try to, like, copy it. There's this one time, I don't know why, a woman said it, and she was like, it's Happy Friday today, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And then that was it. And I was like, ah. What a mood. It's Happy Friday. Get out of my sight. Happy Friday every Friday. But anyways, to start off our interview, we do this with all the people we interview. Can we be able to talk about your childhood? Absolutely. Perfect. So our first question that we have, what generation do you consider yourself? One of the first things when I'm talking to young folks, I tell them that, that I'm a child of the civil rights era. I, was, I grew up during that time frame, and I experienced it all uh, as, a, as a young teen, uh, 12, 13 years old. Hmm. Uh, I remember the civil rights marches. Uh, I grew up in a town where you had separate uh, bathrooms for colored people and white. Um, I can remember uh, my foster mother uh, sending us to summer camp, Catholic summer camp, and when it came time for to go into the pool, the nuns had us play basketball off at the side because we weren't allowed to go in the pool. Mm. I can remember fun times for me uh, was running away from the KKK. You know, we would go out at night trying to find out where they were having their little secret meetings in the woods, sneak up on them. It, very dangerous now that I think back upon it, Mm -hmm. and then running for our dear lives and laughing all the way back home. Uh, So it was a tumultuous time. I experienced a lot, um, and I'll talk a little bit about this more, uh, but it it hardened me to the point where I had an extreme chip on my shoulder, and it caused setbacks in my life uh, that I eventually uh, overcame. But I'll, I'll get into that 
story a little bit more. Can I write a book about you? <laughs> yeah, this is already interesting. I like how it is. So you already, uh, you've actually had a taste and actual sight of oh, experience it first, first hand, front row seat. Now we have some history in here. Yeah. Phil, can you be able to ask Dr. Taylor the next question? Uh, where did you grow? So I grew up in South Jersey. And everybody says South Jersey, and that, that was racist back then. It was very racist back then. Um, I grew up, uh, my foster father was what we call today a sharecropper. Uh, uneducated, uh. never finished uh, school, uh, couldn't read or write. Um, and he married my foster mother, who was a beautician and did hair from the house. And uh, we, the farmer gave us a one-bedroom, one-room house. Mm-hmm. that had a sheet dividing the house uh, for the private area. The bathroom, obviously, was outside. It was an outhouse. Uh, we had to go outside and pump water and bring in the house, and if we wanted it hot, then she would boil the water on top of the stove. Uh, wood-burning stove for heat, and obviously no air conditioning. Um, I can remember walking up, working alongside the sharecroppers. So when it came time to do the harvest, Uh, you would have your sharecroppers that would come from mainly Mexico, migrate in, and work on the farm, and I would be working right alongside them in the fields. And as I tell people all the time, I've picked every fruit and vegetable known to man. Uh, And uh, I I, I really cherish those times, and and because I went to school with those kids, and uh, we were all in the same boat as far as being secondhand citizens. So, Seth, you got a question for the great Dr. Taylor? I do. So, growing up, what were your favorite and least favorite subjects in school? Phys ed. Mm-hmm. I, I really have to tell you, um, and, I, and I tell my son this all the time, I said, I don't remember reading a book from the entire time that I was in school from cover to cover. Even the one that says, see Jane run, I don't remember reading the book from cover to cover. Um, obviously, I didn't do too bad in grade-wise, although I just barely got by because I had a, uh, received an, an appointment uh, to the Air Force Academy. Now, my grades were oh. just short of actually getting into the Air Force Academy, and I was offered to go to the Air Force Academy prep school for two years to bring my grades up and then move over to the Air Force Academy. But uh, foolish, young, and thinking that I knew everything, I turned down that opportunity. Uh, which could have really changed uh, the outlook on my life. I mean, you're here, bro. Yeah, yeah you're here at Average Brentwood Teens yeah. at the Brentwood Public yeah. Library. Sean, a question for the great Taylor. Did you hang out at the library as a teenager? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, like, we got... We, we I remember uh, where the teachers would take you to the library, and back then you had index cards. Uh-huh. So you didn't go have a computer where you could look up the book on the computer. You uh-huh. had to go to the index cards and find out where the book was located and then find find your way back to the shelves. Um, I was into comic books. Uh-huh. I was into Marvel. Uh, but, but outside of that, uh, I, education just wasn't important to me. And probably one of the reasons why education wasn't that important to me, I just wasn't commi- Number one, I wasn't committing myself. But it was a tumultuous time. Um, like I said, it, it was discrimination. Um, I can remember the guidance counselor calling me down at the beginning of the school year, and she said to me, she goes, she goes, uh, your grades are really not that good, and I'm concerned that 
you know, you might not have enough credits to graduate from high school. So she said to me, what we're going to do is we're going to put you in a Future Farmers of America class so that you can learn a trade so at least you have something to fall back on uh, once you get out of high school. Hmm. A Future Farmers of America class was basically to let uh, teach you how to be a farm hand. Now, like I said, I had worked right alongside the migrant workers. Uh, my father was, in essence, a sharecropper. He got a little one-room house. He, got a, he was able to um, grow vegetables. They gave him a cow, a couple mm -hmm. animals to kind of feed the family. But one thing I knew, although I wasn't too smart at the time, that I wasn't going to work on any farm. So they stuck me in this course, and you go into the course, and it's built, and it's made like a big shop area. Uh, one third of the room is divided by a cage because they have all the expensive farm equipment behind that cage that they keep locked up if they're not using it. Mm -hmm. First day in class, uh, the the and and the 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 white folks were extremely rich in that town because it was a farming town, big farms, lots of people working for them. The kids had the best of everything, had, you know, had cars as soon as they could drive them. So I'm in the Future Farmers of America class, and I, you know, as I said, I already have a chip on my shoulder. A couple of the uh, white male students, because it was only males, we didn't have males and females mm -hmm. uh, taking Future Farmers of America. You know, females had to take home ec. Two of the uh, white guys playing around made a hangman's noose. Well, it didn't take much for me to want to fight anyhow. I'd fight if you looked at me wrong. Mm -hmm. I was throwing elbows, fists, chairs, tools, oh. anything I could find. <laughs> uh, a lot of people filed into the room and tackled me down to the ground. And, and of course, you know, I was the one that was, you know, out of line, uh, unacceptable to be in that school. And I actually got expelled from school. My foster mother at the time raised such a fit with the Board of Education that they sent me to a place called Salem Vocational Technical School, which is what you guys call BOCES. Oh. At BOCES, I, it was all inclusive, uh, unlike BOCES here, where half a day you're doing your uh, major subjects, and the other uh, half of the day you're doing your technology classes. I finished out doing three years at Salem Vocational Technical School, and I learned uh, auto mechanic and auto body. And that's really where I started to excel, and I kind of take a step back and say, you know what? Yeah, there are some things that I'm good at. Mm -hmm. uh, being that I had was heavy in mechanical knowledge, um, I had got a you know, chip on my shoulder and decided uh, ill-advised not to accept that uh, prep school, Air Force Academy uh, position. I decided to go into the regular Air Force, and I scored high enough to be an aircraft mechanic. I like that. I'm if you don't to, um, make the plot line of the whole movie we're going to make. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, um, a little side question. When were you born? I was born in 1959. I'm 60 years old. <laughs> Are you, you serious? Do not look 30. Yes. You look 30. <laughs> Yo, you look 30. Yeah. Like, yeah, you look 30. <laughs> and the fact that that happened only 60 years ago. <laughs> That's crazy. Things have changed, haven't they? So I saw you guys doing the math, adding up. Oh, he was back during the civil rights area. How old is this guy? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I really just had to know. I had to yeah. know how long this was ago. Mm -hmm. Wait, you said you read comics, right? Yes. Wait. <laughs> Who was your favorite superhero? Marvel. You know what? There's something about like, Batman and yeah. Spider-Man. Yes. Bat. Oh, I mean <laughs> Spider-Man. Wow. I like Spider-Man. <laughs> right, cool, cool, cool. What are your best memories going up? Hanging out with the fellas. 
<laughs> with the boys. With the boys. Hanging out with the fellas. And we uh, let me tell you, we we survived in our environment, and we had a good time doing it. Uh, I can remember being at the uh, high school dance. And, again, at the high school dance, you know, you had all the people of color on one side of the gym and all the other folks on the other side of the gym. Mm-hmm. And I can remember saying to my friends, I was like, why is it that we have to dance with girls on this side of the room? Girls on the other side of the room look just as attractive. Mm-hmm. So we strolled over to the other side of the room with our chest pumped out, walked up to a girl, which was they were petrified. Obviously, they weren't going to dance with me. But the guys got so, like, how dare these black guys walk over to our side and approach the white girls and ask them for a dance. And then it was on. A big fight broke out. That's like straight uh, out of a movie. <laughs> the, uh, the administrators and the chaperones turned up all the lights. Once the lights went up, we went to running. Started running, and I can remember running around town. And I ducked around the house, and one of my, one of my best friends, was uh, his name was Ralph. And I said, Ralph, Ralph, is that you? Ralph. And then all I saw was, like, stars. I ran into one of the other guys. It wasn't oh, Ralph. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> why did you remake it? got clocked. Why is this a movie? Chief, why, why, yes. is, this a mo- why is this a movie? This is going to be the most made a movie, movie out of this. <laughs> this is going to be sick. So, so those, those were, you know, I, those are fond memories for me. Mm-hmm. All right, so you said your greatest memories were hanging out with the boys. Now, I, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. You said that you went into the woods and looked for where all, like, the clans The Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, I was sitting here thinking, did y'all just, like, run out, say, hey, we're over here, and then run and laugh? I'm just, like, curious. No, not not, not at all. We we wanted, We were curious to see what they were doing, so it wasn't... It wasn't a dare type thing like, uh, you know, hey, we're here. No, we were ducking down and looking and seeing what they were, do, what were doing. And, you know, they had the fire, the fire stakes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, they're, you know, they're doing their thing. And then it, it's always the case. One person kind of looks around and sees somebody in the woods and goes, Who, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> Yo, and then we were show. running, we were running for our dear lives. You know, God knows what would happen if those guys ever caught up with us, because you know back then they were actually lynching people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was crazy back right. then. Izzy, give right. give Doctor Taylor a question. All right, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give to your teen self? If I if I was able to go back in time um, to take education more seriously, I tell folks all the time if. You know, I didn't wise up until I went into the military. I didn't really take education seriously until I was sitting down at the kitchen table with my eight-year-old son trying to do his math homework and saying to him, like, ooh, this one's rough for me, too. Are there any answers in the back of the book? And that's when I decided that, you know, if I wanted to be, be the father that I thought that I should be for my son, then, hey, I needed to go back to school, and that began, began my journey. But I tell folks all the time, if if I started off with the motivation um, and the spirit and the will to succeed uh, before then, when I was in school, uh, I would have been President Obama. Oh, that would have been so cool. I believe that. That would have been amazing. No way. Would you shout Happy Friday every day? Oh, that'd be amazing. Come on, Chief, you should have done it. Yeah. <laughs> Just give, every, give everyone a text message, Happy a Friday. Mandated, like, 
TV when channel. I, started, I would uh, vote for you. When I started talking to young folks, one of the things that I would say, uh, and I really kind of coined this when I was running the junior ROTC program at the uh, high school. Law. And uh, it, it's not profound, uh, but it's one of the things that I say to myself and I say to young folks every day. And it starts off and it goes like, I am I somebody. Am. Somebody, I remember. If you don't believe yeah. in yourself. I, I remember else will this. Believe in you. I can. I can achieve. Achieve. Uh, I, like I said, I never read a book from cover to cover the entire time that I was in school, but I stand before you today with a doctoral degree in education. Oh, you said this not during the only, first day of school. Not only a doctoral degree in education, I have more degrees, and and I'm not bragging but I have more degrees than anybody that's in the school district. Multiple master's degrees, multiple bachelor's degrees, a whole slew of associate's degrees. Um, so anybody can achieve. You know, it's not, it's not how fast you run the race. The important thing is that you run your race. And then the last thing I say to young folks, I will be successful. Success is measured in individual terms. What's successful for me may be different than what's successful for you. But I will be successful. No matter what obstacle I have to overcome, no matter what challenge that I encounter, no matter what setbacks I encounter in life, I keep my eye on the prize. I will be successful. I, rem I remember the speech, mm -hmm. the first day in the yeah. freshman center. That's why I started liking you, yeah. because mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that energy. That mm -hmm. was amazing. Uh, Chief, you remember all, all the clubs you used to do to help kids, help kids such as Earn and Learn mm -hmm. and RTC? Right. My, my, sister, my sister learned a great, a great deal from you, and she's mm. doing well at a, car, a car dealership right now. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. Car dealership? Uh, yeah. yeah. Those are the things that really drive the spirit and that you're like, hey, you're making a difference. So now that we got your childhood and teenage years covered up, we have a small commercial we'd like to play. Juan, do you want to press the button one last time? Sure, man, with my extendable arms. Do you want instant access to movies, music, comics, audiobooks, and ebooks? Well, you're in luck. With just your public library card, you can now get all these free things through Hoopla. So what is Hoopla? Hoopla is a digital platform that instantly lets you borrow movies, comics, music, audiobooks, and ebooks, and so much more. What is better is that there's no waiting. There's no waiting, no late fees, and everything is always available 24-7. All you have to do is download the app or go to HooplaDigital.com. Register with your library card number, and the world is yours. Hoopla. Welcome back to Average Brentwood Teens at the Brentwood Public Library, where teens talk about their teen experiences as a teen. That's a lot of teas. And we are here with Dr. Chief Taylor. How are you feeling? Feeling very good. We just got over some stories on his childhood and teenage years. Which should be movies. <laughs> oh, very yes. inspirational. I like it. I feel like it actually is like a really great story. Can I like take the ideas, bro? I'll give you like 10% of royalty. <laughs> 10? You better give him 25. <laughs> nah, 30. Okay. Okay. We'll put it to 26. Just give him half. Give him half. Uh, They're his stories. Come on. <laughs> 30's fair because anyways <laughs> that will be on another episode we'll talk about movies another time but Dr. Taylor can we be able to talk about where you currently are right now sure 
But before I talk about your position as assistant principal at the Freshman Center, I would like to ask you some questions about uh, the Air Force because I actually didn't know that you was in ROTC. Right. Right. So I was in the Air Force, the regular active duty Air Force. Uh-huh. And then I, uh, after I retired, I went into junior ROTC. Hmm. So when did you decide to join the Army? And was it a hard decision? Well, I decided to join the Air Force uh, when I was a uh, teenager. Like I said, I worked in the fields. We didn't have McDonald's and we didn't have the malls, you know, so I... I, I Picked uh, the crop in the fields, and I worked in chicken houses. Um, so I was all about making the money. Um, I had the opportunity to go out for the football team, and I didn't because I said, hey, I want to make money. You know, my, one of my foster parents had said to me, I had said, hey, can I have some Converse sneakers for Christmas? And she goes, well, you're going to get a pair of sneakers, but they're not going to be Converse. So I said, okay. I said, then I'll just go out, make money, and buy my own Converse sneakers. And that's kind of the attitude that I've kind of taken in life. A little hustle. So I'm doing a paper route, and I had a car. I was one of the, uh, as far as in my block and the group that I hang out with, I was the only one that had a car, became the chauffeur for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a paper route, and I, uh, I stopped at this one house, and he had a sharecropper plane. Have you ever seen a sharecropper? It's a little single-engine plane that flies up, and it spreads insecticides all over the field. A, a, a crop duster, right? Crop duster, yes. <laughs> so, you know, you, normally when you're doing a paper route, you're just throwing the paper up near the front door. And then, you know, once a week, uh, you go up to the house, and you knock on the door, and, and they'll give you the money for the uh, paper. So I got up enough courage to go up to this door, and I knocked on the door, and I said, I'm here to collect for the paper. And he gave me the money for the paper, and I just stood there. And he's go, he goes, hey, Hey, boy, uh, what are you waiting for? And I said, well, sir, I said, I, I noticed you have a crop duster in, in the barn back there. And I said, I've always been fascinated with flying planes. And I said, I'll do anything for you. I'll do any dirty job. I'll work for as many hours as you want me to work. I said, if you could just take me up in the plane one time that you're up, for just, you know, just a run, just because, I, I, you know, I love planes. And he looked at me and he said, you are never going to fly. So I kind of, mm. you know, did a Michael Jackson walk, moonwalk, <laughs> walk off the thing. And most people would say at, at that moment that you would be tarnished by that experience. Mm. But I said, you know what? There are more planes on this earth than the one that's hanging out in this barn. Mm. <laughs> and that became my desire to go in the Air Force, which was interesting because most colored people were going in the Army. Number one, they couldn't score high enough on the ASVAB test. Uh, like I said, I had an opportunity to go to Air Force Academy prep school. I turned that down, but I, I scored high enough on the mechanical, and I decided to be an aircraft mechanic. And that's what I did pretty much for 27 years until I made the top enlisted rank. Wow. You made the top enlisted? Top enlisted rank. I not only made the top enlisted rank, uh, chief master sergeant, Ooh. out of all the people that all the men and women that are in the Air Force – which are a lot, if you think about it, only 1% are promoted to chief master sergeant. And you got into that 1%? And I got into the one percenters. Okay. Congratulations. Then got, and then when I got into the one percenters, I became a MAGCOM command chief. What is that? A MAGCOM command chief, you have your major commands. And for instance, you have United States Strategic Command, 
you have Air Force Material Command, you have Military Airlift Command. There are about 10 major commands that make up the uh, Air Force. An interesting story, I was at uh, McGuire Air Force Base. Uh, I was very well liked by the three-star general, and he said to me, he said, uh, he goes, uh, Chief Taylor, he goes, uh, the admiral over at United States Strategic Command has a Navy command chief uh, that's an alcoholic. He has six months before he can retire. Uh, he doesn't want to, you know, he wants to let him basically put him on the shelf, not take any administrative action, but he needs a new command chief. Unheard of uh, where you have an Air Force chief master sergeant go work for another service admiral. For instance, if I was a command chief in the Air Force, I'd work for a general, Air Force general officer. If it's a Navy admiral, then you would have a Navy command chief working for that admiral. Uh, I was fortunate enough because I came highly recommended uh, that I went to work for a four-star admiral. I had the second highest enlisted position in the Air Force. The highest being, number one, you're Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, and then after that are your 10 major command command chiefs. Uh, and that's the position that I achieved uh, before I retired. So you have done a, a lot. lot. Yeah, right. a lot in your lifespan. That's mm -hmm. that's crazy. And you're still yeah. continuing? Yes. Uh, well, not, well. Actually, are you? Actually, yes. You're still in the Air Force? No, I'm retired from the Air Force. Oh. <laughs> retired from the Air Force. What, what year did you? Still looking to achieve greater heights is what I was referring to. Mm -hmm. What year did you join? 1977. 1977. Well, yeah, right out of high school. So you had to deal with the Gulf War. Uh yes, yep. Uh, Desert Shield uh, Storm One, Desert Shield Storm Two, the Gulf War, uh, Afghanistan. I, I dealt with all of that. Wow. So you are very experienced. Yes. I like it. I like that you have a lot you of need a whole on. like episode. Just need a need a bibliography of this dude. If he he needs a movie. <laughs> I have like a completely unrelated. If you were to like like say you were 20 again and you had to pick a military branch, which one would you go into? Would you go back into the Air Force or would you pick something different? I would definitely go back into the Air Force. Uh, I would have accepted that uh, prep school appointment. You know, taking two years to get your grades up and then going over to the Air Force Academy. And I can tell you, in my mind at least, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, I would have retired a four-star general. Oh, nice. Yeah. So instead of Dr. Chief Taylor, can I now call you Dr. Master Chief Taylor? <laughs> Master Chief Sergeant Command Dr. Chief. Dr. Taylor. Dr. Oh, uh, Command Chief. sorry. Command Chief. Dr. Command Master Chief Taylor. Yes. <laughs> Juan, question? What are some highlights for you um, from your time in the Air Force? Um, all just all great experiences uh, in the Air Force. You know, I started off in basic training. Um, I was one of the things I noticed when I got down to basic training because it's it's tough getting through basic training. But one th one of the things that I quickly noticed, I said some basic trainees had more privileges than other basic trainees, and that's basically where. The training instructor had uh, put certain basic trainees in leadership positions. Mainly, the big thing for me is if I was in a leadership position, I wouldn't be on uh, cafe duty peeling potatoes or latrine duty cleaning toilets. Uh, 
So I said, you know what? Hey, I want to be one of those student leaders. Uh, I was athletically gifted. Like I said, I, I could have played football and I decided not to. Uh, in high school, they don't do it anymore. Um, if you're in a sport and you and you place in so many events, uh, you get a letter. So it's a big letter for Brentwood. It would be a big B. Oh, that'd be cool. And it's on a varsity jacket. Oh, nice. So I any, yeah, we anybody, need that. Yeah, anybody having a varsity jacket, you know, hey, you are a babe magnet. You know, the girls are flocking <laughs> to you because you got a varsity jacket. So my last year. I said that because while I was in, in Salem Vocational uh, School, which is the same thing at BOCES, mm-hmm. you're still allowed to play sports in your parent school. So I said, you said, I said, I want a, I want a varsity jacket because all the girls think it's cool. So obviously, if you know, I couldn't go out for football because football, you know, you got to start off young. You just don't walk on the football team as a senior and think you're going to play. When it comes to track, though, hey, uh-huh. whoever is the fastest <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be on the team, and you're going to be competing and representing your school. Uh, so I ran the 440, Ooh, and right. I ran the mile relay. Oh, you did the mile relay? I did the mile relay. Philip, yeah. you and me are track people. You know what the mile relay is, right? Yeah. So is my sister. Yeah. So you, so you were a track star. I was a track star my my senior year. So and, you were. Uh, you were now here's the thing with that. I was a track star in my own right. Uh, that being, you know, you're celebrated in your own school because as a school we sucked. Mm. <laughs> uh, and we were having a track meet with our rival school uh, toward the end of the season. And all of the uh, all of the people on track was like, look, you know, it's like having a homecoming game. And we were like, hey, I'm not going out there embarrassing myself. I'm just not going to compete. Mm. And the track, uh, our track coach said, he goes, whoever doesn't go out there and compete, he goes, I'm going to pull your letter, erase your record, and you will not be recognized at the end of the year. Are you serious? Now, believe it or not, we had a couple people that didn't compete. When he came to me and he said, Taylor, are you running? I was like, yep, I'm running. <laughs> um <laughs> Because I kept my eye on the prize, you know, and I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to give it 110%. But if I get waxed, that's only one event. I walk away from the school year with my letter and my trophies. So you were fast in the air and in the ground? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you ever, like, become a a captain, like you you train the trainees? No, I never became a, a, a captain on the team. Um, although I ran track, um, I was pretty much an, an introvert. Do you guys know what an in- introvert is? Yes, sir. Pretty much Wait. an introvert uh, in high school, uh, loner. And uh, so track was excellent for me because, you know, hey, you, you know, you, it's not about your social skills. It's about your ability to run, run fast around the track. My personality didn't really start to come out until I went into the military and I was put in leadership positions. Mm. I mean, like, you're the chief, man. Mm. Dr. Chief Taylor. What is it? What is a typical day in the life of Dr. Taylor look like? It's interesting. Uh, and I'll start off by asking a question. What time do you guys get out of bed? Uh, two, in the, two in the morning. Two in the morning? Okay. Two? I don't I don't sleep, so <laughs> <laughs> to bed at one, rise at like five. Okay, okay. Don't you? Uh, I'm out of the house typically at three thirty, quarter to four. Out of the house. 
Um, For those of you that don't know, I still live in not the southernmost part, almost the southernmost part of Jersey, close to where, almost close to where I, where I grew up at. And so I, you know, it's a, it's a two and a half hour uh, drive in the morning to get to work. And it's a three and a half drive in the evenings to get home from work. Two and a half to the 70,000 school miles a year, just going back and forth from home. I don't know what songs keep you banging all the way through (laughs) through your car. (laughs) That's crazy. Every morning? Every morning. You have crazy power. For 19 years. Oh, oh, my God. Respect. <laughs> so, Philip, uh, we heard you like to find students in the lunchroom and sing them, uh, the, <laughs> sing, the, sing to them on their birthdays. How did this start? Well, I, I'm, um, I'm a hands-on administrator. I like being out in the hallways. I like being in the classrooms. I like going into the cafeterias. I like going into the gyms. Uh, I think it's important for students to know me in social settings more so than, hey, I just got in trouble and went to the front office. Mm. Uh, so in addition to the Happy Fridays, uh, I am big. I'm a big goof, so I'm big on costumes. Oh, yeah. You came in with a sombrero, <laughs> like a banana. I'm a banana. So one of the things that I, that I do with the students uh, in the cafeteria is I'll, I'll get in some type of costume. One of the more frequent ones I wear is a sombrero and, and a guitar, and I cannot <laughs> play the guitar. And I go in, and I just make a big to-do about celebrating somebody's uh, happy birthday. Speaking of... And I'm not a very good singer, which even makes it more hilarious. Wait, wait, wait. Can you sing? Can you sing right now? Wait, hold up. I have have some good news for you, Dr. Taylor. It actually, surprisingly, it's our moderator's birthday. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is. I completely forgot. If you can, can you be able to sing to... Our moderator, Mr. Poe. Mr. Poe. Poe. He shaved. It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. He he looks better with his his beard mustache. So (laughs) (laughs) I would normally be in my uh, get up and I'd go in the cafeteria and I'd say, I think somebody is celebrating a birthday today. And then all of the students would point to the student or students. And I go over and I said, oh, it's your birthday today. So I said, I'm here to sing for you. And I normally get paid for this. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of events that people pay me to sing. Happy birthday. So on three, one, here we two, go. three. Happy birthday to Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I'm, that was beautiful. I, I think I'm kind of glad that this never happened while I was at the party. <laughs> I'm glad that was summer birthday. Honestly, same. <laughs> oh, perfect. And I'm, I'm sure outside. it's out there on a YouTube video somewhere. <laughs> yeah! yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Can we all agree that his voice like, is beautiful? What is oh, we are fine. Perfect. Uh, Chief, I think I just throw a principal on everything. Are there any clubs you, clubs in school you're part of? 
Uh, yes, there is. Um, I'm um, and I'm the director at the Freshman Center for the My Brother's Keeper program. I am MBK. 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 I love it. Championed by uh, President Obama, Ooh. and it was really designed for inner city school uh, young men of color. Um, if you look at the statistics, uh, there is a high failure to graduate rate amongst uh, men of color, young men of color. And even more alarming, there is a low college graduating rate for young men of color. So the My Brother's Keeper program was designed to capture these students and set them up with mentors and kind of guide them through the way. And like some of the advice that I've been able to share at this forum is one of the, some of the things that we do on a daily basis. Again, number one, letting students know that A, you have worth. Two, uh, that you have goals and aspirations, but you just need a little guidance in putting you on that track. And then three, providing you with those opportunities and giving you that exposure to come in contact with organizations, colleges or universities, uh, people of color that have gone before you that are in certain career jobs and showing you that, hey, although you don't see it on a daily basis, there are people that look just like you and me uh, that are able and that are succeeding every day. I like that. How long have you been doing MBK for? Uh, this is our third year doing MBK at the Freshman Center, and we just expanded it to the middle school. Mm. And uh, that first class that was at the Freshman Center we were able to, uh, when those students moved over to the high school, that's when we started the MBK program for the high school. Before the podcast started, I was told a fun fact about you. Can you be able to confirm this? Mm. Are you a car guy? I am an extreme car guy. So you love cars. Excuse me, what would you say? I am an extreme car guy. What car are you riding now? Uh, well, I have a couple. <laughs> we'll just the say that. Do enlighten me. Oh, wait, the Sean. closest one you're near to right now, then. Well, the closest one that I'm into is is what I call my my turnpike cruiser, uh, expressway mm. cruiser, and that's what I drive to work every day. Uh, but I have a pristine 2005 Chevy SSR. You guys probably uh. remembered that, but it's a it's a hard top convertible truck uh, that has a lot of modifications. And uh, the last year that they made them, it came out with the Corvette Z06 engine. Uh, it is a six-speed, and it is fast. And then the other car that I have is I have a 2001 limited edition. It's called the Mulholland, uh, Mulholland Blue Edition. It's the only prowler, and they only made them for four years, really for three, because the last year uh, they rebadged them as Chrysler's. Uh, it's the only prowler that was that that the, the convertible top is the same color as the car. All the other prowlers have black convertible tops. The Mulholland blue convertible has a blue convertible top. Again, uh, a lot of modifications to that car, and uh, one of the things I enjoy is uh, taking cars to a car show. And then the other thing that I have, I have a 19, yes, that's it. I have a 19... 96 oh, dang. Honda Valkyrie. Philip is showing everyone a photo. That looks like car. Syndrome's yeah. car. Wait, 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 you know Philip, what I mean? Now, for the guys that know about cars, hello. 
Yeah, most of oh, your yeah. tuner cars have four-cylinder engines. This motorcycle has a six-cylinder engine with six individual car uh, carburetors. The engine is bigger than a Honda Civic engine, so and it's all chromed out. <laughs> for those, well, obviously yeah. you can't see, but for those that are listening right now, I'm looking over at Sean, and he's pretty impressed. Are you a car guy yourself, dude? Is that is that surprising? <laughs> well, I mean, hey, man, I literally just met you the other day, and you whooped me at Tekken. All right, that's uh, not all right. That's not cars. Let's not talk about that, okay? But I do Jay. like cars. If you guys want to participate, you guys can. But I will. Is, I will definitely participate. This is mainly for Dr. Taylor. So, Dr. Taylor, are you ready? Yes. American or foreign? Definitely American. I am a Vin Diesel guy. There is no replacement for displacement. <laughs> Amer- Chief, what American car do you want? I tell you, I, I like the um, the car that Vin Diesel rides around in, um, which is a 69 Charger. Mm. Next question. Next one. Are you ready? Yes. Manual or automatic? There's no such thing as an automatic sports car. It has to be manual. <laughs> Um, hold on. Uh, I'm learning about driving, so what's the difference between an automatic and a manual? Just so, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Oh, you have I'm to, learning. You have okay. To. A manual, you basically have to shift the car yourself into a different gear. There's also so you also have to, like, uh, push a clutch. You have to hold the clutch and shift and then release the clutch. Oh, what's a clutch? clutch? Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know how a traditional... I don't know what a car is. You know how... <laughs> You know how a traditional car would have two pedals, a brake, and a gas pedal? A manual car has three. There's a gas, a brake, and a clutch. Okay. The clutch is how you shift the car. And then, so is the stick thing? Yes. Yeah, stick drive. You know how you have the uh, transmission, like the little stick you move? That's basically how you would shift the car into a different gear. That's right. the difference between a manual and automatic. All right. So okay. my mom used to be a racer. Oh. Ooh. Seriously? Oh. So... She's like all about manual, but now she's a mom, so she has mm-hmm. she's like automatic. So how she drives is one hand on the wheel, one hand on the stick. I'm like, mom, mm-hmm. that's not how it works. She's like, I'm sorry. I need to meet your mom. Next question. <laughs> Can we interview her next? <laughs> all right. Next question. Leather or cloth Clocks. seats? Leather or cloth seats? Leather. <laughs> Cloth is when you can't afford to have leather. <laughs> Guess my family's broke. Second to last question. Stock or custom? Um, I'm into uh, showing a lot of cars. And for the cars that I have, I should have left them stock in original condition uh, because they would be worth so much money. When you talk about collector cars, you're talking about stock the way the car was when it left the factory. Uh, but I'm the type of person that likes doing custom things and personalizing my cars. Uh, so even the, you know, the cars that I have, they're all custom. Turn on the nitro boosters. We have so much information on cars, we gotta make this can an episode. Someone, wait, hold on, can I'm someone down. explain to me like, okay, Chief, did yeah. you ever like put your music loud in your car? Just like, <laughs> oh okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> And, like, you thought to yourself, like, man, everyone else in the world has to hear this. And just, like, put down the windows and just, like, put on the, like, loudest volume (laughs) as you can. Because each time, like, 
like I'm just walking through. Maybe I go near Brentwood Market. Oh my And then God. like I hear like just I don't I, 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 I don't mind music, but like. <laughs> <laughs> like I know with like I don't even have to guess. It's like some forty year old man that's alone <laughs> and is playing some music and all he hears like doo, 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 doo. Don't judge him. Literally everywhere in Brentwood, you would just hear a car pass by with blasting music. I'm like You're talking you're talking about the go-karts. The ones that the high school drivers <laughs> drive. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about all those Honda Civics that are lawnmowers, you know. You can literally you can literally grab the spoiler of it and start yanking the back cord and just it'll turn on. Like it's bad. I'm serious. They take go-kart engines and put it in the engine bay. Like they they can't get enough of it. It literally sounds like somebody's, you know, like blowing into a soup can. Like it's kind of bad. <laughs> Like it's a fart can on wheels. Like you it's, it's horrible. Bad. You know what's worse? Minivan drivers. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Next question. Oh, uh, Chief. Yes. 1970 Mustang Mach One or 1970 Ca Camaros SS? I've always been a Chevy guy. Uh, Ford stand for fix or repair daily. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> so, final question. Lightning McQueen or Madar? Ma or Mater. It's been a while. It's been a while. Lightning McQueen. He's not Darth Vader. Lightning McQueen or Mater. 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 Come on. Get with the program. Are we saying Vader? Lightning McQueen or Mater. Mater. Oh my God. I'm sorry. It's an ER. Lightning McQueen or Mater. Nah, nah. That's a real question. Um... What's his name? Bumblebee or the other one? Optimus. <laughs> the Optimus, yeah. Optimus. Yes. Optimus Prime. <laughs> Voice bias. But back to the Lightning McQueen and Mater one, you can't put them against each other. Mater wasn't a racer. Okay. Well, I mean, like, he's right. a spy. Mater? Mater's a spy. Mater, yes, they had Mater's tails, Mater and tails. It, he was a racer in one of them, but he's not... A NASCAR driver. No, a he's a spy. He's a spy. Yeah, but like that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, did you realize thrusters. like the yeah. end scene? Where We're literally like... talking about cars <laughs> right <laughs> now. But Mater has personality. Yeah, you what is Lightning McQueen? Lightning McQueen is a whole NASCAR driver. Or, like, and you can't put Mater yeah, is a tow cool. truck. Lightning McQueen <laughs> is a NASCAR. They cool. don't. They don't work against each other. I'm so sorry, Chief. I am fast. We gotta. We we gotta keep that. We love Sonic. Ka-chow, Okay. We gotta keep that for an episode. Wait. We gotta keep that for an episode. We gotta keep that for an episode. You see, you gonna guys. You guys gonna see Sonic on Valentine's Day? Yes. Wait. 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 No. We gotta keep that for an episode. We gotta keep that for another episode. Okay, Chief. Okay, NASCAR or Formula One. NASCAR. Ew. All right, so for our final question for your career, can we actually hold up two questions? Final question agree, for your career. <laughs> agree or disagree? Beards are awesome. Beards are a pain in the neck. I was in the service for 27 years. Uh, I was in ROTC for 16 years, an additional 16 years, and I really not never had the opportunity to wear civilian clothes that much. You know, and you know how you are when you're in high school, you're kind of coming to within yourself and you know, mm -hmm. you're expressing yourself with your clothes. 
I tell young folks at this time, that's what I'm doing. It's fun uh, not having to wear the uniform after all those years. And one of those things is the ability to grow a beard, because you can't have a beard uh, if you're in the military. Uh, but they are a pain, pain, pain. Uh, you got to be worried about if you're um, eating food, food gets caught in your beard. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> he, re he really isn't. My wife will tell you all the time, we go to kiss each other. She gets up with me when I leave out of the house in the morning, <laughs> makes my breakfast and my lunch. And she goes, oh, yep, I got your hair up my nose from your beard. Oh, okay. I'm enjoying the experience of being able to... Uh, wear different clothes, and, and finally um, grow a beard. So with that, can I ask you our final question? Please, if you can. Do you know about Hoopa? <laughs> in great pinpoint detail, how what? do you keep that beard so beautiful? I use all those project, pro, uh, products. Uh, I dye my beard. Uh, you know, one of the things I had said that... Uh, my adopted mother, first my foster and then my adopted mother, she did hair out of the house. Hmm. So she was a beautician. So I learned how to do all of those things growing up and watching her uh, take care of her uh, clients. I cut hair when I was in the military on the side for, uh, you know, for side cash. Uh, so if you ever, tr any, have you ever had to trim hedges at your house? Yep. No. Yeah. Yes. Having a beard is just like trimming hedges. You know, I'm in with, a, with a pair of tweezers every morning trimming individual little hairs and with the clippers, making sure that that line is not straight, perfectly straight. Mm. <laughs> and using the beard oil, oils and making sure that the beard uh, remains dark. It is a lot of work. You know, I feel for females that have to get their hair together in the, in the morning. <laughs> you do great with it, though. You know, they changed the regulations. You can have beards now in the military. What branch are you talking about? <laughs> in the Army and the Marine Corps. Uh, you're well, a, here's they—they've they, never changed it so much. This is what you're allowed to do. In the Navy, you can grow a beard while you're on ship. Once that ship comes ashore, you have to shave your beard off. In the military, if you're a part of special forces, um, you know, working in Afghanistan and some of our uh, desolate locations, uh, they allow those soldiers to uh, wear beards. Uh, but anytime they get back to their home base, home stations. Uh, and they're amongst the regular uh, military folks, they're required to cut those beards off. All right. Well, when every person we interview, we have this special, how can I say, lightning round. So with this lightning round, what we do is we ask you a series of questions, and you have to answer them as quickly as you can. Are you ready? Okay, I'll try my best. So... You guys know what we do every time now, right? Yes. Okay. So, let's ask him a question in three, two, one. Describe your worst haircuts. Did you get that? No, I didn't at all. <laughs> Perfect. We'll so, give you two bonus points if you can like, at least say one of the questions. I can't. <laughs> Juan, first question. All right. Um, do you have any secret talents? Um, my secret talent really is people skills. Uh, my ability, no matter whether I'm talking to young folks or I'm talking to old folks, um, is to have that personality that's inviting. Nice. Izzy, question. Uh, describe your worst haircut. 
I had a lot of them. <laughs> Same here. Uh, you know, because when you're cutting your own hand, you have to be ambidextrous. You know, be able to put the clippers on both sides. Wait. So I've had some jacked up hairlines. <laughs> But now, because my hairline has receded so far to the back of my head, <laughs> I just decided to cut it all off. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I feel that. I really do. Jade, oh. question. Um, oh, what was the last book you read? You know, actually, the last book I read was We Beat the Streets. Mm. And it's, one of the, it's one of the books that uh, we're trying to get our young uh, MBK students Wait, to read. Is, can you describe it? Isn't uh, it like Three Doctors? Yes, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. That grew up uh, in poverty and went on to have successful careers. Another uh, triumph over adversity. Perfect. Seth, question. If you owned a restaurant, what would you name it? Tailor Made. Yeah. Ah. Get it? Get it? Get it? <laughs> That's clean. That was very tasteful. <laughs> Sean, question. Uh... <laughs> Do you have a favorite weird food combination? Oh. <laughs> um, if, I'm if I'm funny about anything, I'm funny about food. I'm not the type that goes out and experiments. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, you know, uh, we go to an expensive restaurant and they say, what are you ordering? Fried chicken. <laughs> uh, I'm funny about trying, you know, exotic foods. And I'm the type of person that on my plate, my food can't touch. So my oh, my, yeah. my, 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 my vegetables too. can't touch my meat. They mm -hmm. got to be separate. They have to and if something's runny, oh. it's got to be in a separate dish. Yeah, <laughs> uh. Have you ever had dragon fruit or passion fruit? Dragon for a passion fruit? Dragon <laughs> fruit or passion fruit? <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Quincy, another question. What is your favorite cereal? Captain Crunch. All right. <laughs> Regular or with oh, berries? Um, I used to like it with berries when I was as a kid, but uh, you know it's sweet enough without it. At my age, at this point, things can be too sweet, so I like it plain. Represent Chucky Charms. Philip, question: Who was your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero was Batman. Batman and Robin, the old cartoon series. If you ever have an opportunity, well, it was a cartoon series, but more importantly, back in the '60s, they had a TV show, Batman and Robin. Okay, here's a question. Who would win in a fight, Batman or Superman? Well, I think that's already been played out. <laughs> there you go. But I thought, I thought you said you also like Spider-Man. I do like Spider-Man. My favorite is Batman. Uh, second to that would be Spider-Man. And third? Uh, third to that would was Superman. But was? now, but yeah, now I've been introduced to the Black Panther. Yeah. Ah! And finally, for the last question, should I really do it? Yes. yes. Do I really have to do it? Yes. yes. Is cereal a soup? Oh, what about the best sandwiches in the world? <laughs> is it cereal or soup, or is cereal soup? It's cereal, cereal. soup. Cereal is soup. Because, <laughs> let me tell you. Validate your claim. You. One of the best things I like doing during holiday break is like most young folks, you know, you get up at uh, 8 o'clock in, in the morning, you go to the bathroom, go back to bed. All right. Go out of bed around 12-ish, close to 1 o'clock, go in the kitchen, get a big mixing bowl, fill it up with cereal, put a quart of milk in there, quarter? scoop the cereal out, scoop. and then after that, you pick the bowl up and bowl? you drink the milk. Oh. I like him. <laughs> we all like I, him. I like him. <laughs>
Thank you so much, Doctor Taylor. You heard it here. Who makes the best sandwiches in the world? Since Juan said it two times, go ahead. Do you know who makes the best sandwiches in Brentwood? Um, to me, and I and I really haven't taken the opportunity to go to all the places that are in Brentwood, but I like going to. Correct me, please. Casa Vieja. Casa Vieja. Casa Vieja. Casa Vieja. And they make that. Uh, is is empanada considered a sandwich? Oh, that should be our new. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> new question. If I make a rec- if I may recommend a sandwich place, you should go to the Cubanita and make a great sandwich. Yeah, because that's what Juan likes. That's why he. <laughs> that's why Juan asked the question. Join the Cube. They make a beautiful sandwich, and it's only like six dollars, but seven dollars if you want it with cheese. Okay. So thank you. Wait, 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 wait. I have something that's very important. <laughs> We just keep adding to this. Yeah. I love it. Honestly. Do you play any video games? Wow. <laughs> any, wow. Anyways, um, Dr. Taylor, do you play any video games? You know, really, I, I don't. Um, un, unless, you know, I played video games with my son when he was growing up, and now I'm playing video games uh, with my grandson. Mm. But to sit there and play video games by myself? No. Bro. Yeah, what about the flight simulators? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, anyway. Gotta, you know, anyways. When people talk, anyways. When, yeah, here's the thing. When people talk about flight simulators, if you talk to a guy in the Army and you say, say to the guy in the Army, which one of the games that you play where it's all shoot them up and bang? Bang them up. Where guys are shooting guns and stuff on video. Call of Duty? Oh, yeah, you mean COD? Yeah, any of those games. If you talk to an Army guy and you say, hey, do you like playing that game? He goes, he'll, he'll tell you no. You know, because I lived that experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in that war zone. You know, I saw people real, really get killed. And that's the same thing for an Air Force guy. You know, I did it for 27 years. So a flight simulator for me is like second second hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you so much, Dr. Chief thank Taylor. You. Wait, for... wait, wait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming down here. Do you have any last comments you want to say? Uh, one of the things that you're hearing me say, and I said it, I started when I was in, um, in junior ROTC, uh, I'll say it sometimes when I'm in a classroom and students are in the front of the classroom nervous and giving a speech. At the end of all that, I said, it's been a wonderful opportunity to sit here and talk with young folks, and it has been an awesome experience. Thank you. And you were listening to this at the Brentwood Public Library. See you guys later. Thank you.